Welcome back to another episode of the Mac Rumor Show. I am Dan. I am joined by Hartley. Um, we are just kind of still in the whole like it's weird. There's like a lot of news, but it's all kind of the same news. We're just getting a little bit more and more and more. And so again, we're going to start with WWDC uh, because you know that's where a lot of the new leaks and info is coming from. Um, and one of the more intriguing things is Apple is planning to release like a journaling app. <laughs> that's the most left field thing uh, for me. I don't know why. Uh, like it's like a day one style like app, right? Yeah, so that's what it should be, um, which I don't think uh, day one is very happy about. I was going to say poor day one. <laughs> yeah, um, this does tend to happen with uh, a lot of third party apps. It does seem to be a matter of time before Apple introduces their own version. Um, yeah. And I'm just interested to see uh, exactly what this will offer because apparently it will leverage Apple's other features so maybe you'll see your activity rings in there um on the same day maybe you'll see the music you listen to um but the main thing is it will be related to find my so it will also show you things a little bit like um what mark german uh, was telling us on the last episode about new find my features that you would be able to see how many people you were nearby in the course of a day and who they were um so it's sort of tying everything together and then also i assume there'll be some functionality to actually note what's gone on in your day that's pretty cool. I don't know that I, I don't know that I'm a journal journal type. Like, it's not that I don't want to, but I also don't have like a burning desire to journal. But I do like the idea of it, like kind of journaling parts of your day for you by leveraging all of these other things that you do on your phone. And then that is cool to go back and look. And then maybe that would inspire more people to be like, oh yeah, I also did this, so I'm going to write that down. Um, I just think this is such a left field app for them to be releasing when you have oh i don't know notes and the reminders and all of these other productivity apps that like could be a lot better <laughs> if you're gonna rip off other apps i don't think day one is the one that i want you to do i think it's you know maybe notion or things or something along those lines i know you're a big things fan so i am but i'm also a big journaling fan so oh, okay I'm so then you would love this you. Yeah, well, I, I, I think I will love it, um, but it's, it's a really difficult balance because the thing that I find about journaling is that it needs to be a minimalistic experience. Otherwise, it really does just take too long out of your day. It becomes too much of a chore. So yeah. if it is something that works in the background and the focus is on brevity, maybe it gives you some gentle prompts um, to help you get your little... Uh, note written about the day and that will be great but if it's too complicated with too many features um, I think that could uh, turn people off a little bit that are really interested in journaling but it could the, the, the sort of the the, um, the big picture here is health and well-being which seems to be the theme that is tying together quite a lot now of what we're expecting um, at WWDC so one of the other rumors um, is also about mood tracking this is yeah. separate to the journaling app so this is another um it's it's very much in that area um to do with tracking your well-being ultimately and another big one that i'm sure we're going to get to is the health app coming to ipad so it's yeah. all in this area um of tying together health and well-being um features so i'm quite i'm quite looking forward to that apple does do health and well-being stuff very very well um, and it definitely can go further well, let's get into that right now because the other 
headline is that iOS 17 is, you know, like you mentioned, uh, looking to include a mood tracker. Uh, and then the health app for the iPad, which is nice. I don't know that I necessarily need it for the iPad, but it should. I mean, if Apple's all of Apple's apps should mostly be across all platforms, uh, or at least on iOS and iPadOS, since they are nearly identical. Um, and then an AI-based health coaching service potentially coming in 2024. Again, out of left field for me, but I guess a lot of these signs do kind of point to that when you start to really look at the landscape of Apple and its health services. So I'm not surprised, but I am surprised. Do you want to inform us a little more about this health service, or at least what we know with the coaching service? Um, so it's still a little bit ambiguous as to exactly how this will work. It could work uh, more so in terms of personal fitness, um, but leveraging all of this data that is going into the health app and being AI-powered, maybe this will actually be a little bit more akin to uh, a chatbot that you interact with. I don't know. Um, yeah. but it would make sense if this is going to be a paid service. I, maybe it could be Apple Health Plus, um, and it is a new section in the health app that actually provides you with recommendations to change your lifestyle and then actually can follow up on it. So it's it's a lot more active than the kind of passive experience of viewing trends in the health app. That's kind of how I'm imagining it. So that'd be kind of cool. So basically like an all-encompassing, like, you know, taking from other apps out there, you know, food tracking apps, I'm sure, you know, other exercise apps, um, getting all the sleep data, and then basically just providing you with... Uh, with information along, you know, your day, and uh, and then hopefully suggestions via AI, which would be cool. Um, and then as far as the the mood app, like this one's interesting for me. So the mood tracking function um, that Apple has in mind for the health app in iOS 17 is separate from the journal. So do you think those will probably tie in together still, or? I think they've got to. I think that's what makes the journaling app special is that it will draw on this information from elsewhere. Um, and if it's going to draw on your workouts, it will, and that is a metric that is shown in HealthKit, um, I have no doubt that mood will become another, um, just one of the other metrics shown in HealthKit. There'll probably be a bunch of new ones this year if that is one of the big drives at WWDC. You think this is just going to like ask me like every, I don't know, couple hours, like, hey, how are you feeling right now? And then it's just like a quick little input and then you gather that data throughout the day or is it a little more involved with that? Because I don't know how I feel about more and more apps asking for my attention on a daily basis. It could just be implemented in a very similar way to how medications were last year where they're very gentle sort of background prompts. They're not quite reminders. Um, it's still quite a lightweight experience. Um, I can just see it being something that you... Uh, uh, you haptic touch from the lock screen and then you select from maybe one of five options. But the key thing will be is if it can use that information to give you some insight, it's going to be a bit flat and useless if all it does is just give you a record of how you've been feeling. It's much more interesting if it could link that to the seasons or the time of day um, or whether or not you've worked out on that day. If it's consistently going to show me a trend that on days I work out, I'm in a better mood. Um, yeah. That is something I want the app to be able to tell me, and it definitely should be able to do that. That will be interesting. Um, I, I'm hoping this this uh, journaling app should be for the iPad as well, right? 
You'd hope so. I mean, I <laughs> I certainly couldn't write my journal entries uh, uh, right. on the iPad. I would I'd want it on the Mac even. Um, yeah, I don't think the health apps coming to the Mac, but in terms of a standalone app, I imagine maybe this is going to be like another freeform, another kind of app in Apple's productivity um, portfolio. But the first productivity app they've done with a well-being focus. I don't know that I need the health app on the Mac, but definitely iPads and, and iPhones should be with Apple specifically made apps, you know, they should be putting those on both of those devices or platforms, in my opinion. Um, so then, yeah, we'll get the health app. Um, nothing crazy there, but just an iPad version of it. This episode of the Mac Rumor Show is sponsored by HelloFresh. Looking for more ways to save this spring? HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% cheaper than takeout. No worries if you're not a pro in the kitchen either. HelloFresh's foolproof recipes arrive pre-portioned and easy to prepare in just a few steps. You spend less time in the kitchen with quick and easy meals like HelloFresh's fast and fresh pineapple chicken tacos or falafel power bowls that are just ready in 15 minutes or less. Personally, I've had some really great meals recently like the hoisin glazed pork tenderloin and meatloaf sandwiches. Yes, that's right, meatloaf sandwiches, meatloaf on bread. Never thought that would be something I would be making, but HelloFresh makes it incredible with all of those fresh ingredients and easy-to-follow instructions. HelloFresh is also not just for dinner. In fact, HelloFresh has you covered for every mealtime occasion, from snacks and easy lunches to seasonal celebrations and festive gatherings. So head on over to HelloFresh.com slash Mac 50 and use code Mac 50 for 50% off plus your first box ships free. That's HelloFresh.com slash Mac 50 and use code Mac 50 for 50% off plus your first box will ship free and start enjoying HelloFresh today. America's number one meal kit. Uh, and then with iOS 17, um, we also have more rumors adding to new lock screens uh, Apple Music and App Library features. How are you feeling about new Apple Music features? Do you think it'll it'll be great? I'm excited. <laughs> I was going to say. I think this was this was a pretty great list um, of features. So uh, it's a little bit vague because it's uh, translated with machine translation. So it's sort of hard to really get a sense of exactly um, what is being proposed here, but. Effectively, so sort of saying uh, Apple Music redesign that would have a more simplified interface, more of an emphasis on graphics rather than text, which I hope means album artwork and yeah. color will be used more widely. Um, and any sort of redesign to Apple Music, I think, has got to be a good thing. Apple Music is already a very simple app. So I hope that uh, simp simplifying it isn't just taking away buttons um, and just turning them into menus. Um, because if anything, I think it needs to be a little bit of a richer experience. Um, so when in uh, when was it? I think it was in iOS 16.3, they changed the scaling in Apple Music. Um, and that was excellent. Um, so if, if they can lean a little bit more into that direction, um, I'll be extremely pleased. And yes, so there would also be a, a lock screen widget that shows you the lyrics for music that's currently playing, which, uh, you know, that's just another little quality of life. A little bonus. Uh, and yeah. then let's just run through the list of some of the other features. So lock screen font size options, which seems like that should have been there from the start. But okay, thank you for including it a year later. Um, and then a button to share custom lock screen designs with other iPhone users. That is actually kind of cool. Um, I don't even think you can really do that on Android. And there's not even a ton of 
you know, customization options available. But if you see someone's lock screen and you're like, hey, that's pretty cool. I don't really want to go through and make all of that. Can you just send it to me? And then you can tweak it. And would you would you be sharing your lock screens with people? Uh, I don't think I would, but for people that like sharing uh, their Apple Watch face, this is is very useful. And the more customization that gets added, the more widgets. And I hope that one thing we get is the ability to maybe get another row of widgets on the lock screen because I'm I can never quite decide what two or three I'm actually going to use. Yeah. Um, so if they could give me another row, um, or maybe let me scroll through. Or maybe make them interactive um, so that they were more useful. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, then this this would all be um, really good. And it would mean that there's more of a justifiable reason to actually share your lock screen, especially if you think that would involve the wallpaper, the wallpaper effect, the font of the time, the font size, the widget above the time, the optional three widgets below it, um, and then any other customization options that come out as well. That's quite a lot. To, for someone to manually set up to replicate someone else's lock screen. You think Apple would ever give us font book on the iPhone? They should definitely give it to us on the iPad because of all the apps that could leverage multiple fonts. All of these creative people they toggle, or all of the creative people that they target would want to switch between different fonts um, and upload their own custom fonts. And so do you think that would ever make its way to the iPhone specifically for this type of use case? I think that's unlikely but i do think that um a font management system for ios and ipad os is inevitable um, i don't remember when it was it was a few years ago that apple added the ability to actually install third-party fonts on the ipad i don't know if you ever tried to do it but it is I a nightmare forgot that you could even do that probably yeah, because it's it, not so easy it, it's it's buried in settings it's horrendous it's it's terrible to manage. It's a feature that everyone has forgotten about and barely anyone uses. You'd really only use it if you perhaps downloaded an important pages document that was missing a font and you remembered that you could actually install it. But other than that, you're not going to do it. There's not. It's not a management system. So Fontbook is probably actually just, quite high on the list of what is likely to eventually come to the iPad. I would say just iPhone. bring that app over. It can't be that hard to just migrate over. Yeah, it's just a question of where it plugs in in terms of the system. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be Apple's hesitation, but it definitely should be there. Um, so I think that that one is more a case of when rather than if. There are so many creative people out there that you know make custom icons for you know. So I could just imagine the websites and things that are going to be sharing these lock screens. So that's exciting. It's fun to like switch it up every once in a while, and so much easier to share your wallpaper too. If that's the case, uh, the amount of people that hit me up after a video and they're like, "What's your wallpaper?" And it's so hard for me to share that. But if I can include like a shortcut style link, you know, iCloud link or something uh, in the description, that makes it so much easier. So, yeah, that would be really handy. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's the Apple Music lyrics and the Apple Music design changes, which we just talked about. App library folders can be manually renamed. How excited are you? <laughs> I, I am so excited. That is the yeah. best one. Um, that, that fixes app library completely. Um, the thing that I'm intrigued by, Almost. and I don't know if anyone else cares this much um, as I do, is whether they will let you create custom folders or whether you can simply send an app from one folder to another. And I really hope, uh, contrary to what you might expect, I hope that they don't let you create custom folders because I don't think that's what it's supposed to be. If they will just let me move apps between the existing categories, I will be very happy. That's iOS 17 worth it for me. 
um, I'm okay. sold. I think if they moved if those changes with Apple Lib- App Li- God, I cannot talk today. Those changes with App Library would be fine, uh, but I also want them to put it on the dock or let me add it to the dock. I don't want the swipe over. I want it the way it is on iPad. I just think that's so much more useful in my opinion. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be, be willing a, to sacrifice. Yeah, I'd be willing to sacrifice the space there in the dock for the ability to just click over all apps. And, or even integrate it with search. If search is going to be taking a front seat on the lock screen with I, uh, iOS 17, to me it would make sense that if you hit search, when that, that also can have the meaning that you are, you are looking for an app. So then maybe that is something that can lead you to the app library um, with a gesture. Uh, control center changes, design changes. We've talked about that. We still don't yeah. really know exactly what that's going to be, but I mean, we can kind of speculate, hoping the ability to drag and move things around and uh, maybe a better way of adding <laughs> like new things to control center. I mean, the most obvious is long pressing and just hitting a, a plus button in the top left corner, similar to how you would add a widget. And then the flashlight brightness slider can be freely adjusted like the volume slider. So I'm guessing that means no notch-like levels. Yes. I don't know that that really is a huge change that I care about. It isn't a huge change, but I think it tells us something about what they are doing with Control Center. So it suggests that that it will perhaps, in my mind, I imagine it looking a little bit more like the Control Center on macOS, where you get that big round toggle that you can drag Mm -hmm. up and down freely. and that maybe gives me a little bit more of a sense of what this new control center will look like. I I desperately need the ability to remove the flashlight and camera toggles from the lock screen. I need it. The amount of times, or or I don't know which one I do more. I, I definitely press the flashlight button all the time. And people are looking at me in public and I'm flashing a flashlight with, and I don't even realize that it's on. Uh, or we've all done it. Yeah, or oftentimes I like get into my car and I put my phone down on the charger or in a cup holder, and I look over like twenty minutes later, and the battery is drained. It's super hot. It's because the camera has been open the whole time, and uh, I don't know if that's from the swipe camera like gesture or if it's from the toggle, but I need one of those two to be gone. So I don't know. I just would love to be able to put something else there. Even though the flashlight one is useful at times, um, I just the amount of times I turn it on on accident, I just I can't have that there anymore. What would you want there instead? I'm intrigued. I don't know. Any anything. The ability to put any app. I think on on Android phones, I put the apps I open up the most. So sadly, YouTube and Twitter. <laughs> it is the apps I open to the or like messages. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just whatever apps I go to the most, and that's unfortunately where I spend most of my time. Uh, and then, so this kind of ties in, right? There's the ability to add the same lock screen functionality to your iPad. Finally, yeah, um, I think that's. I think you possibly could have seen that one coming um, because I, I, iPadOS always seems to be a year behind some of the new iOS features. Um, so App Library is a great example. App Library came first to the iPhone, then to the iPad. Widgets came first to the iPhone, then to the iPad. Um, it's it's always followed like that. So I can completely can believe um, that lock screen customization works the same way. But here's the thing about that. 
the lock screen on the iPad is treated differently from some people than the iOS lock screen. It's usually just a quick bypass. Uh, and if they're going to make us hang out in that area a little bit more because of the widgets and the redesign, like there needs those widgets need to be different. They can't just be these little tiny, you know, blips on this giant screen. Um, maybe some sort of way to like interact with it and make it bigger on your lock screen. Like a long press kind of opens up a bigger portion of the widget. I don't know. I, I just feel like there needs to be something more on the iPad. I think there's two answers to that. I think the first thing that they could do is very similar to what they do with actual widgets. They have an extra size class that they allow developers to create for widgets on the iPad. I don't know if they call it extra large, but it's the width of two of the largest um, widgets on an iPhone. Um, which to me makes perfect sense. So give us a widget uh, on the lock screen that is twice as big as the ones you can get on the iPhone um, and also give us the option to have more of them, uh, maybe in two rows rather than a single row, give us two uh, rows where I can have maybe five or six lock screen widgets. But the thing that is a bit strange about it, you're quite right what you say about uh, it being something that you sort of bypass. You don't quite glance at it in the same way you, as you do on an iPhone. The reason why that's even worse is, of course, there's no always on display. So yeah. you really are not looking at that that lock screen all that often. But I think it's just for the sake of feature parity. You just want it the same across um, across everything. You know, it, it, it's, little, it's the little things that, that I can imagine bugging people at the moment. Like you set your font on your iPhone to one thing and then you go to use your iPad and it's a different font and you're missing the widgets or you're missing a certain wallpaper effect and you like to have the same wallpaper across multiple devices, I think this is the sort of thing that does annoy people a little bit. So it's just feature parity. Could the iPad Pros essentially get always on display via software? I don't think so. Um, I mean, they do have ProMotion. So theoretically, the refresh rate should be able to drop down far enough. But I think the issue would be is that they're not OLED displays. But so they're the mini LED. Display. It's close. It's close. Um, but then, if it's a dimming zone that has to illuminate, that dimming zone yeah, would is still, still be... it's quite large. Yeah. Um, and you'd only be talking about the twelve point nine inch iPad Pro, and that that would be a lot of a lot of blur. I I don't know. I, I sort of I'd like to believe that they would do it, but I bet that when they do always the on display OLED. on iPad, which they will, maybe that will be the year after they do the OLED iPads, it sort of would go hand in hand. It would make sense. Okay. Well, the last thing for WWDC perspective is just a quick little bit of news on the headset. And it's not really surprising, but there's a new proprietary charging connector for the external battery. Shock, shock. Uh, I mean, I guess it's shock because it's, it seems like it's, they're developing something entirely different. Um, Yeah. So they could have just used MagSafe. MagSafe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and also, the other thing from this report is that it will also have a USB-C port. So one will be for data. Um, maybe if you want to connect any peripherals. I, I don't know who's necessarily doing that. But if you did need to have a wired connection, if this is a serious device that you do work with, you take it off and you need to actually transfer some data to or from it quickly. Um, or maybe you even you want to plug in a keyboard into your headset or something, then you will have a USB port to do that if you want to. Um, I think it's good that it's there. Um, I'm not too much of a fan of the all wireless future that Apple sometimes uh, pushes us quite aggressively towards. So I think this is just meant to reassure people a little bit that it is a professional device. 
Yeah, I mean, all wireless would make sense for this headset, but for other products, no. I wouldn't mind if they figured out a way to make it. You know, I'm still just, I'm still not a believer in this battery pack. So if they could have figured out a way to get the battery in and then, you know, maybe there was a USB-C port somewhere on the, you know, device itself for those specific reasons for data, well, that's fine. I don't care about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the battery pack why, it is what it why is. Why are you so unconvinced about the battery pack? I don't, it's just not the way it works these days with, you know, VR headsets. They're, they don't have bat. Like, that's the whole point is that you can freely move around and do. But, again, this is just an entirely different um, like space and we need to be open. I need to be better open-minded about it because it's not like some of the AR headsets and VR headsets that we've seen in years past. Um, I know when they first started to gain popularity, what was it like the Vive HTC Vive? Like yeah. you needed to be hooked up to like a straight up computer, right? Or yes. which one was the one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you had wires and like, so we're kind of going back to that. Um, but all of those headsets, primarily had the same theme of gaming and that is not necessarily the case with this and so in my brain i'm like well if i want to play games and move around or work out it even with apple if they're trying to do like a fitness thing with that i mean i just feel like the battery pack is going to add weight down to you the wire could get in the way i don't know it just doesn't make any sense it's not a very typical apple way of doing things and so i just need them to sell me on it and i'm sure they will but i'm just I th- in my mind i think that the when you when you really uh, think about the fact that they've got no ideal solutions here, batteries are big and they are heavy. Um, if they were to put that inside the headset itself, they're then going to have to counterweight it, or they're going to have to have something on the back, whether it's that half of the battery is on the back of the device um, and the rest of the headset is obviously on the front. Um, that is going to be a lot heavier on your head. It, it's going to make the AirPods Max look light, um, and. Yeah. That is, and, and if it's all on the front, of course, it's going to bring your head down. So when you're working out, you're going to get so much more momentum on your head, and this the, the chance of this thing slipping off is going to be so much higher. So I quite like the idea of having it separate um, because I think that it enables um, a more natural experience with it, where it does feel lighter. And I think Apple wants you to kind of. Tr- they're not. They're, they're not going to say that these are you know Apple glasses or that this is a forerunner to Apple glasses, but I think that it's so key to the experience of it that it is not this massive, bulky, heavy thing and that it feels like this little lightweight pair of goggles and okay, then you have to get the the, the battery. But maybe if the battery runs down your back, the cable runs down your back, it won't interfere with you when you're working out. Um, you know, you could run it under your shirt even um, to keep it out yeah. of the way. I guess I just got to see also where they suggest we put the battery pack, how yeah, we wear that it. Is- that I mean, is the other question. If it's like light enough to slip into your pocket, then you know maybe it's a little different. Um, I don't know. I, I just I got to see it to be convinced, and so we're almost there. We're almost there. Um, and then uh, just a quick, just really quick, brief Mac news. Um, there are three unreleased Mac models um, that was found in what Apple's find my configuration file. I don't yeah. these people that go hunting for these things, they're doing the Lord's work, you know, I don't, I wouldn't even think to look in some of these areas, but, um, it's what, 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 what do we have new models for? I for it's, it's escaping me. Well, 
it's we don't know for sure, but Mac Studio seems they're, like it could. They're be all desktop models. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it could be Mac Studio, it could be Mac Pro. Um, this is all stuff that's feeling a little bit overdue now, but it just suggests they are there. They're on the way. Uh, in some respects, you could read quite a lot into it because it suggests they're quite far developed. But on the other hand, we were seeing hints of a 15-inch MacBook Air and hints of uh, Apple Silicon Mac Pro months ago, a long time ago. And those obviously have yet to emerge. Yeah. I I don't know. These filings and things, it's like, I mean, I guess when they're FCC filed, then that's like, okay, well, we're, we're mm-hmm. getting there. This is like imminent. But some of these other ones, I'm just kind of like, mm, talk to me when we get to the FCC filings and then we'll we'll go from there. But the last little bit of news that gets me excited uh, but also makes me sad because I probably won't be able to afford them. Uh, Apple reportedly planning 32 and 42-inch OLED displays. That just sounds like six and $8,000 at minimum. Yeah, so this is 2027 approximately. Yeah, we got and some time to the, save. The bigger picture here is that uh, Apple is effectively transitioning all of its display technology to OLED. And this is an interim solution before it can go to micro LED. So micro LED will start with an Apple Watch Ultra model next year. And then very, very gradually, we will see that expand to the iPhone, the iPad, whatever. That seems to be the picture. Um, But OLED is happening on the iPad next year, and it's coming to the Mac next year. Then uh, MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, they will come to both. Um, sets of devices and then after that we're looking at desktops so we're looking at iMac um, uh, OLED iMac and OLED external displays so if they are on all of Apple's devices maybe they won't be so expensive because maybe this will be studio display type pricing um, because by then OLED is not going to be considered um, a top tier technology it will be a little bit more ordinary by then we will have had OLED on the iPad for three years um, and obviously, it's been on the uh, the Apple Watch since the very beginning. So, it's I don't think they're going to be able to oversell it um, necessarily. But forty two inches—that's a very very big display. The current Pro Display XDR, which I don't know if you've uh, ever seen one in an Apple um, store. Uh, not uh, not you. I know you have. I mean, listeners. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I look at uh, one every yeah, day. I know, look, <laughs> I know you look at one every day, but they are very big. Um, they yeah, are yeah, huge they are. displays. Yeah. They look much bigger um, than you expect. Um, they, they make a studio display look very small. So a 42-inch one, I mean, that's as big as a TV, basically. Oh, yeah. There are some TVs that are at that. I mean, I'm guessing LG is probably helping out with this. And so uh, LG just recently started selling 42-inch TVs, OLED TVs, and that's kind of the sweet spot. I go I go through these phases of gaming, and um, well, I guess it's not really a phase. I played a lot of games in college. I stopped for many years and then I started playing Call of Duty a lot like two years ago, and then I stopped again. But like in that in the last two years since COVID, I was very close to pulling the trigger on a 42-inch OLED. I felt like that was the sweet spot in terms of size and, you know, especially for gaming. And, and even for work, there are so many monitors that I get from different companies these days to test out that are 42, 49 inches. And it's like typically those are ultra-wide, but I've gotten some that just kind of look like regular TVs. Um, and they're primarily for working and gaming. And so it'll be interesting to see Apple do something that's way, way out of what they normally do in terms of the size could, and everything. Could it be an ultra-wide monitor? Maybe 
the 42 inch is Could actually be. the same height as the 32 inch and it's just a, an ultra wide because i don't think apple's too keen on multi-monitor setups i don't think they like them very much on mac os but have they ever done an ultra wide no i don't think so um yeah so i can imagine them leaning into uh ultra wides with a 42 inch monitor that's where i can make sense of a 42 Oof. inch monitor an actual 42 inch tv is a different matter but a 42 inch monitor you oh no, oh, Siri, go Siri away. Makes the best <laughs> um, ultra wide from Apple with the same level of quality that Apple is known for for its displays, and then maybe incorporating software to where you can set up multi, you know, like naturally have multiple displays it would probably be only two, but just like I can only imagine, and that's the time where I would probably switch to an ultra wide otherwise i have a hard time ultra wide quality is usually so bad in comparison to a lot of these retina displays and it's just i don't know i would love an ultra wide made by them and i'd love to see it but i gotta wait four years so if that is even the case we don't even know well it'll be interesting to see the the hint next year at least that isn't too long to to wait uh for apple's first real push into oled on bigger displays yeah well, let's move on to our main topic, which probably won't be a whole lot because Apple doesn't devote a whole lot of time to this product. Maybe that that's unfair to say in terms of how much they work on it, but they definitely don't devote a whole lot of time at WWDC to even talking about this. I mean, in years past, for tvOS and um, for home stuff, and are you calling? Is it officially called Audio uh, Audio OS, or is that something you're just calling it? That is, it's it's an it's an unofficial official name. Okay, um, I didn't know and that. That is, I, it's, I believe it's what Apple call it internally, but they don't externally call it that. So we well, see it in their in their files. So they don't externally yes. talk about any of this stuff. So <laughs> um, well, we won't even mention TVOS at WWDC. Um, it's very you know last year they didn't at all. I know. That's what I was saying. So this year, and the whole point of this main topic here is for us to go over a wish list. And it's probably not necessarily for this year. At least my stuff isn't really stuff that we'll probably see this year. But I want it to come soon. And we'll start with tvOS. And I'm just going to throw out one that I just think the whole thing needs to be redesigned. I'm sick of the whole interface. Wow. I'm sick of the whole interface. Do you want to do you want to explain a little more? Yeah, I, I just thought maybe you like. had more pushback against that. No, I'm just I'm just trying to take that in. I'm because I can't think of anything better off the top of my head. It's not like the Apple Watch where I really don't like it. So, I mean, I don't know that it needs to be entirely redesigned from a visual standpoint, but like, I, I think it does, and I think it doesn't. So, have you ever used Google's um, like TV operating system? No. I don't remember what no, it's called. I, I, I'm, I'm too loyal for that. Yeah. So I've messed around with, you know, I have a TV that has it built in. So I've just, I've used it um, when I'm too lazy to turn on the Apple TV. And uh, I do really like the way it looks. I like the recommendations. They're far better. Um, I like that you don't have to go into an app to get recommendations. So for me, and I don't even use live TV that much. Um, I kind of pause it for months, and then when American football comes back, I, I re-subscribe to live TV, and then that's when we kind of watch it. So it's in the fall. But like 
I'd be more keen to doing that if like, or just with a lot of these subscriptions and things, when new episodes come out of shows that you like, um, I know we get that little notification, but that's not enough. Like show me that in the home screen when I turn it on, I want to see that like with Google, since it works with YouTube TV really, really well, obviously um, you get like what's airing now that's custom to what you would like. So I get to see a lot of those games that I want to watch um, or a lot of TV shows that are live that are happening. Uh, I just think there needs to be, I guess basically the TV app itself needs to be better. And I don't think it needs to be a whole app. Like I want to see that on the first level of the home screen and getting those recommendations um, and even with sports, my God, when you get the notification, like your team is about to play, you click on it and it takes you to this like page and then you got to like figure out where you want to watch it and uh, like, just open me up to that game. Take me to the game, figure out where I have the subscription for it. If I've already logged in and take me to the game, why do I need to go through all these steps? Um, I, I don't know. That's just, I think it needs work in that regard with, recommendations and the the visual layout of the home screen. I want to see more things that I like to watch, not more stuff that Apple is pushing on me. And a lot of other platforms do that. Yeah, I agree. Those That sort of leans into two uh, of the things I would like to see. The first one being widgets. Um, I think that okay. contrary to what you might expect, uh, tvOS is a great place to have widgets. I think it yeah. absolutely makes sense on the the home screen, if you like, of tvOS that I should be able to pin a couple of widgets. Maybe I want a weather widget. There is no weather app um, on tvOS. So it'd be great to get a weather app. It'd be great to get some weather widgets. Maybe I want to see stocks. I don't want to see stocks, but maybe I do. <laughs> maybe I, um, uh, And Maybe I want to see, I don't know, my home, uh, my home kit camera feed. That I makes want to sense. Pin that there. Yeah. Um, or I want to pin uh, my up next queue on a certain side of the of the of the display, or I only want two tiles for that. Um, and then maybe when I scroll across um, or scroll down, that is when I get to uh, maybe an app library of the apps um, as well would make a little bit more sense than the. App library for sure. If they're going to do widgets, I want the ability to get rid of all of those apps and have them in a separate place where I can scroll down on a list or something. Um, and then when you bring up the, these widgets and like other things to do on the home screen, you would almost certainly need picture in picture to be like one click away on every app. Like if I hear something upstairs and I want to check one of the camera feeds, but I don't necessarily need to turn off the show completely. Let me click the home button, take me to a picture in picture, let that float around somewhere and let me go to the home screen where I can check out the widget real quick. Um, I just think that that would be better and it needs to work across all apps. Uh, they need to work better with Netflix. Like I can't stand that. You still can't get up next. I don't understand it. Like what, who's doing this? Who is, is it Apple? It has to be Apple. It, no, it's it's Netflix. So Netflix Why? don't want Apple ha- accessing any data um, on. Apparently, Apple gets a little bit uh, of information from that API connection. So Apple can obviously see what program uh, is being watched at what time and um, how many people are doing that. So Apple could know. Oh well, this drama is doing really well. Maybe we need to invest more in that kind of drama on Apple TV+. Plus. So I kind of get it. But I think the solution is that Apple is just a little bit more aggressive with companies that 
don't want to integrate its features on tvOS. And I know that's a little bit of a, a slippery slope, and I would never say that when it comes to iOS. I'd never say it when it comes to macOS. But I think when we're talking about big um, streaming companies, when we're talking about HBO, when we're talking about, uh, yeah, when we're talking about Netflix, um, I think that Apple should be able to say, you have to use our player. At minimum, you have to use our built-in player. So you definitely support um, the... Uh, the, the the UI that people are familiar with. Because I don't know what it's like in the US and whether loads of streaming apps use their own sort of proprietary player where if you want to skip through, you sometimes have access to certain controls, sometimes you don't. They're buggy. Some of them support ads, which also present in a different way. And it's just generally a bad experience. I think Apple should say, if you want to be on our platform, you have to use this basic UI. Um, up next, Q is a little bit harder uh, with Netflix. But I kind of, in that area, I think Apple should play hardball a little more. I don't get it, though, with Netflix. Like, it's not like it's really hard for people to gather data on what shows are doing well from Netflix. Uh, I mean, Netflix themselves literally lists their top 10 most played. You can find metrics on, you know, they brag about it all the time. So it's not like it's really hard for Apple to be like, well, that show's doing well. We should invest more. I, I mean, I don't know. I just, well, I feel like... Reason. I... There is another good reason, which is that you have to go to the TV app um, in order to then access a Netflix show. And as you just mentioned, the TV app is just flooded with well, yeah. Apple TV ads. So that makes Netflix would be acquiescing yes. to you going through a sea of Apple TV content before you get to Netflix. And then maybe some people might something, maybe I don't need Netflix. But also, um, I would, about. If, if, if they do work together and Apple is cool with recommending Netflix shows, which that's the other thing. It's just like it's, it's all getting to the point where they're trying to benefit themselves and don't care about the user. Like, yes, I know Apple. You make really good shows. I don't think you need to be so self-conscious about recommending other platforms to shows um, because that is beneficial to the user and the user experience. And it's not always about you, Apple, in this case. And so you don't need to recommend, you know, your TV shows over Netflix shows all the time. And so if they work together and they recommend those shows, um, I have a friend who specifically, and maybe you're, I don't know, maybe you're like this. I'm not. I don't really use the Up Next a whole lot. I just go to the app and know what I want to watch kind of in my head at all times. I rarely ever sit down and try to find something. I usually know what I want to watch. Um uh, and that's because I, of what I just said before, because the recommendations are so bad that I don't want to sit there endlessly scrolling for hours and then ultimately just watch TikTok on my phone, which happens way too much. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if I know somebody who specifically doesn't open up Netflix because there's so much stuff, they get easily too, you know, overwhelmed and they don't and it doesn't work with up next. So they don't know which episode to watch next, which I mean, I don't know, I kind of laugh at that one a little bit but like they like having things in up next so they rarely ever watch shows from netflix or open up the app because it doesn't work are you the same way or do you know people like that i'm quite similar to that um because i really do make good use of up next okay so, but yeah i will say that uh one thing that apple does need to change and this is this is my big one and it, it does relate to what you're saying because apple has made up next so much worse 
it is it is i don't know when the update was maybe it was three months ago i don't remember which version of tvos it was but they changed how up next looks on uh in the apple tv app and it is it's not just a little bit worse it's it's objectively an inferior user experience so previously up next was this sort of pinned um line of shows on the top row and whatever the first show was it had like a nice card that was the background to that whole view so whatever you you got wasn't an ad the focus of the of the app was whatever you were currently watching and then you could you, you were by default your cursor or whatever you want to call it the 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 uh, the inputs target was on that show, so you were you were one click away. But now, the the this top card doesn't exist anymore. Now it's an ad. It's whatever whatever uh, show or TV Apple wants to present at that time, and then you have to drop down in order to get into up next. And when you drop down, that card disappears and it pushes up next, which is now smaller onto the very very top of the display um and it just feels like it's in the wrong place because it's not in the center of the the screen it's right Right. at the top corner um it just looks wrong it feels wrong it's it's showing me more stuff i don't want to see um and so i love this feature i i i used to be a lot more like this where i would be discouraged from watching stuff on netflix because i wanted to use up next but now up next it makes me angry because it's just so bad it's yeah. such a bad change and for all that apple likes to talk about they do things for the user and they're a user first company this is one of the few things where i can say with 100% conviction they did not care about the user one percent when they made this change this was entirely driven by promoting tv plus and promoting other um other content on the platform so that's my my mini rant over (laughs) i yeah i mean i it just kind of goes with what we've been saying i i i think that a lot of these need to work more hand in hand and maybe people hate my idea of it looking more like you know, Amazon or or Google, but I just think that the recommendations need to be better. And I don't really feel like it needs to be in one specific app. I feel like there's room for it on the main home screen. But even if you do do it in the app, let's not set it so that the precedent is all Apple TV plus stuff first or Apple related stuff first. And I understand why they do that. But again, that's not I feel like that's not what a lot of people want to see first. Let's see the stuff that you are watching. Show me suggestions like, hey, you like this? Why not check this out? I feel like there's more. Even do that with your own shows. I mean, they kind of, no one really does that um, in there, right? I, I can't recall. I mean, again, I don't use that app a whole lot. But I don't feel like I see a lot of like upfront suggestions on like, hey, you liked Ted Lasso. You should watch Shrinking next. There's one or two rows, but it's it's definitely not at the forefront. Yeah, um, I think that if Apple really was thinking about the user, and of course they would never ever do this, they would split out Apple TV Plus to be a separate app, and they would let Up Next and Recommendations be its own app, um, a bit more like Spotlight. Maybe they can call that Spotlight. It's a spotlight on what you're currently watching. Sure, it's got your or like your library. Yeah, it draws in everything from all of the other apps, and then if I want to dive into TV Plus. Um, I can go to a dedicated TV Plus app. 
Um, that will never happen because, of course, it gives Apple a competitive advantage to present their content over the content of other people in this way. That's what, they, that's what they've done. They've hooked you in with Up Next. They've hooked you in with this ecosystem feature, but then they're going to use that to sell you its, its shows. But at what point does it not matter anymore? You know, like Apple is, I mean, the deal that you get for Apple TV Plus, there isn't a lot of content as much as there are, you know, is for other platforms, but it's growing. The originals are incredible, um, very high quality stuff. And so I just feel like at some point it's not going to matter. People aren't going to leave if you're not recommending your stuff all the time on top. Um, and I really, now that we talk about this, really like the idea of just like a separate, you know, separate Apple TV Plus app. And if you want to make that the first app, fine, whatever. But like there needs to be some sort of backlog app library type, or not app library, like media library type application or part of the UI where you go and you have all of your shows and movies through different platforms, not just stuff that I've purchased but like all the stuff that I watch, I add it to that library and there's one location so that I don't need to go into those other apps. And Apple can figure out a way to advertise their own stuff in that area. But at least and we're not going to the Netflix app all the time. We're not going to the HBO app all the time to find a specific season of something that I want to watch. And then we get the notifications from that library and not just random stuff that we don't care about. I agree. That that makes perfect sense, um, and it it really it, it Apple needs to be a little bit more courageous, I think, with TV Plus. Um, I think they're they're selling it a little bit too hard, and I understand why because they've spent an enormous amount of cash on it, and they are still spending an enormous amount on it, um, and it is growing. It's I believe um, at least in the UK, it was one of only two streaming services that actually grew last year. All of the others. Um, got smaller and lost subscriptions but apple tv plus is growing um but just just give us a just give me just give us a break um, right. just just give, give me a chance to not look at your originals every single day if i don't want to um, i mean you I don't even that, watch the originals so you must really hate it yeah well that's what it makes me it makes me not want to because they they just they they push it down my throat too much um, what do you watch harley what's your favorite show that's that's a that's a really that's a really difficult question. Um, but I would say, in terms of, I probably have three favorites. Um, okay. But the the one, the big one that I think is the most popular one would be Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. So okay, that I is uh, Netflix over here. Yeah, we don't have that on Netflix anymore. Which also, I mean, sucks. I'm so sick of the territory stuff and the legal issues and why we can't watch certain things uh but yeah um we have to i don't even know where you can go to watch breaking bad at this point or maybe it's still on netflix actually i don't remember maybe one of them is maybe i know better call Saul is i know better call Saul is for sure i don't remember if breaking bad i feel like there was a time where it definitely was and then it was removed for a little bit because i think amc was trying to do its own like amc plus and then people were like, I'm not buying AMC Plus. And then they're like, okay, well, we should get that back out there somewhere. But it could be on another app. I I, I don't recall. And maybe it, maybe it made its way back. But um, I have a hard time rewatching dramas, by the way. I just can't rewatch, like. Really? Yeah, anything that's not a comedy, I, I really rarely ever rewatch, even if the show is amazing. Like Succession, watching that right now, absolute amazing show. 
I don't know that I will ever rewatch it again unless my wife decides to go and watch it and I like will catch a couple episodes with her or maybe I'll I'll rewatch it with her then. Um uh but I really don't ever go back and rewatch things like that. I don't know why. If you leave it long enough though, you forget what you've yeah, seen. I know. So you I can know. enjoy it all over again. I know. But I I I rarely like I'll watch The Office. Um you know, I, I can rewatch that. That's not a problem. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't go back and rewatch stuff like that for some reason. Um, what, what's what, the what's latest your show? What's my favorite show? I don't know yeah. if I have a favorite show, but like, I have a lot of shows that I really do like. Um, the ones that I'm currently watching, Succession is the biggest one because uh, it's the final season, and Beef. I've been watching that on Netflix. It's actually really good. You should check that out. Uh, so that's TVOS. I mean, we kind of like literally nailed all of the stuff we had on our wish list all in that one encompassing topic. Uh, is there anything else that you want to add to it? Uh, I'd give a little mention to uh, just a couple of apps, which would be, I think there should be a home app, a dedicated home app. It is a home device. Um, and what's a little bit strange is at the moment in the, uh, I don't know if they call it control center, but whatever that panel is that you can bring across on the right-hand side of the screen, you do get home controls there. But why is there not a home app? Um, I'm sure it just, it, it would make perfect sense for it to be on this device for me to see the tiles of the, my different accessories rather than just a limited selection in that area. They've obviously yeah. got the stuff on there. So why why not provide just a simple experience and just actually provide an app? The same goes for um, Apple Classical, which is my way of sort of sliding in that Apple Classical needs to be on all platforms. Um, it does. I don't know that yeah. Apple TV would be my first choice, but I mean, I guess people do throw music up on their TVs to get like a little visual ambiance going on with the music. Maybe you have like a really good um, like AV setup, and so you want to listen to music that way and have some sort of visual thing going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just definitely needs to be on all platforms and I don't know why it's not. And it's very strange. Um, yeah, that whole like dock area where you long press and it brings over like the pro can we do something with that? Can we make that more useful? Like if you're not going to redesign the way we talked about and add all those things, like that's a place for widgets, I guess. I mean, they kind of have a little home control center. That's what it's called. It's a control center, right? Yeah. But I don't think we need it because why can we not just have those things? I agree. Um, the, on the home screen, like I, even just the time, I just quite like to see the time. <laughs> um, I don't want to have to press something or hold something down in order to be able to see the time. Yeah, I agree. I also think if you're going to AirPlay and share your screen um, from your iPhone or your iPad, could we figure out a way to make it look better on? Like, I understand that they're really drastically different aspect ratios from a giant TV to your phone. There has to be a better way rather than just having such a little vertical screen up on your phone. Well, even if it's like gives you a little background blur either side. Um, yeah. Yes. Just make it look a little bit prettier. Just do what we do when we make videos and we have a vertical thing. We just blow it up, blur it, and then overlay the little thing on top. Even that would be better. Um, yeah. That's a great suggestion, actually. If they ever added TikTok to the Apple TV, I would be screwed. Oh, no. Yeah, would be that, would be, that would that would be dangerous for you, wouldn't it? 
I've almost thought about adding, like, buying one of those uh, Samsung TVs that can turn vertically. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, because, yeah, oftentimes we don't know what to watch. and We just want to flip through our feeds because it knows me better than I know me at this point. And you get some really funny content and you just want to do that for a half hour and then go to bed instead of, like, invest time into a show. And so, yeah, for the amount of time we do that, we would totally get the use of that TV. But it's just, that's a silly thing to do. But um, anything on audio that you want to talk about? I know you you really have some things to say with this would be primarily for the home pod, right? Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of these things are sort of cross platform things. So the first thing would be um, crossfade. I think that the HomePod is a device that really could, if it's if it is such a music-focused device, could give you a really a much better experience listening to your music. If I could just enable Crossfade, which I understand, but also be uh, something that would need to come to Apple Music on other platforms. That's kind of why I'm suggesting it because I really, really like Crossfade. It was something sure. I loved about using Spotify. Um, it's a it's a music feature. We need more music features on the HomePod. Um, I suppose is my point. Um, and the same goes for the actual waveform at the top of the HomePod. You only get that when Siri is enabled. Why can't that be the colors of my album artwork yeah. while the music is playing um, and kind of convey a little bit of the the atmosphere of the album? I'd really enjoy that. Um, I think that would be a, a really fun, very simple way to make the HomePod a little bit more engaging. I was kind of hoping so the new HomePod was going to have some sort of like visual player on top like where you can see the album artwork, the name, you know, how much time you got left in the song. Just a little player up top would have been kind of cool. I think Bose had a speaker like that where it was like a similar style, you know, portable speaker, um, but it had the ability to showcase your album artwork and what was playing and stuff. And I thought that was really cool. I don't know why. Just those little things like that. So I think that is coming next year. That will be the HomePod with the seven-inch display. So seven inches on a home device, that's really small. Well, so Yeah. But at that point, you can that, show that, a lot more than just home, you know. That, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of the hardware we've got right now, um, that HomePod um, display, it's an array of LEDs. So these can turn to any color. Just make them the color of the album art. It's so easy. Just grab the hex codes sure. from, yeah. you know, 10 points on that album. I'd love that. I, it would make me want to use the HomePod more, especially if you're using it in like a dark room in the evening and it kind of, it's like lit up in that, in, in the feeling of the album. Um, I, it's, it's a small little feature, but I, I'd really like that. Um, is there anything you'd like from the HomePod? I don't use the, I use the HomePods here in the studio. That's because I don't know where else to put them because they don't exist in my house. Um, and I don't know, I was just thinking about this as we were like, I don't know what would make me switch. Um, it would make sense for me to have HomePods. They sound way better than most of the Google stuff that I have, if not all of it. Uh, I think it's, in my mind, it's like, oh, when we get the display one, because we use a lot of those, like for our bedroom, um, for our kitchen, like we use those probably the most. I, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, it's like, yeah, just like when we can get a display version HomePod, I think that's when I'll make the switch. But I'm also just thinking in my mind, it's it's when Siri gets better is when I'll make the switch because <laughs> it's still so bad. It's still so bad compared to the others. O oftentimes, I think about moving to Alexa because there's so many things you can do. 
So that is another big question for WWDC then. Um, is is that going to to be, are they actually going to come out with any Siri, Siri improvements at all this year? Maybe they won't. Um, one of the things we've heard rumored is that it will, uh, Apple will change the keyword, the trigger word. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be dangerous now and actually say it. Um, but instead of having to say, hey, Siri, you can just say Siri. Um, I'm just waiting for your Siri to pop up. And I have actually triggered it on my Mac. So, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, so I think that's a great change. That's basically just doing what Alexa does. Um, and I would be happy with that because I feel stupid every single time I have to say um, those, those, words. those two words. Um, so I, I'd be happy with that. So yeah, give us some Siri features. Um, roll that in with the HomePod stuff. I'd also like to see... Um, cross-device alarms. I'd like, if I set an alarm on the HomePod, I'd like it to go off on other devices. So if I walk into another room, um, you know, if, if I'm cooking or something and I've set a 10-minute alarm on one HomePod, why can it not tell me on my Apple Watch your alarm is currently going off in the kitchen? That's dangerous, though. For people like us who have a lot of Apple devices, like I'm thinking kids, um, if I have like a HomePod upstairs, maybe it's in my kids' room because they like to listen to music. Why not give them the HomePod or something, the HomePod mini? Um, and like use it as the, the whole intercom thing. But, uh, you know, you set an alarm, maybe your kid's taking a nap and you set an alarm downstairs, then that alarm's booming upstairs. That's dangerous. There needs to be an easy way to, to like pick which. Even if it was just Apple watch, what if it, what if it could understand who made the request, um, that, voice yes. recognition, and then it will make the alarm go off on that user's Apple watch. Um, but there's got to be something how sometimes the alarms can be quite quiet. What if I just I put some AirPods in in another room and I just completely forget that I have that alarm set? Maybe you um, can say, hey, you know, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, ask that to uh, set an alarm on my HomePod and watch. Like you can just kind of like a dual command, yeah. which it doesn't really work well with. So um, or at all. <laughs> so multiple commands. Um, but it's kind of the same thing. But yeah, I don't really have a whole lot with HomePod, honestly. I just get, talk to me when the screen comes out, when the display HomePod, then maybe I'll be more of a user. But as of right now, we just kind of have Google Homes throughout the house. Um, true surround sound you had listed, though. That I would be interested because I do use that as a TV speaker here to Air, uh, HomePod 2s. Um, and that would be cool if you can add like HomePod minis behind you or something. Uh, something to give you a surround sound, add more speakers rather than just being left and right stereo. So the big HomePod is spatially aware, but the HomePod minis have no spatial awareness at all. Right. Um, they are not aware of where you put them. They just provide a flat sound. Uh, even if you put them in stereo, it's just left and right. So I don't know why I can't in the home app say this HomePod mini is in the corner of this room and I, and I use it with my Apple TV use with an AirPlay 2 soundbar and two big HomePods, put that in the surround sound system and make sure that anything that is playing from that back left corner um, makes sense in the surround sound array to come from that place. That would be a way of actually properly selling HomePods to home theater enthusiasts, um, which at the moment, it's so good, um, the big HomePods for home theater, but not if you want a real proper... Uh, Dolby Atmos experience. Yeah, I mean that's that's another thing is like 
I don't use HomePods at home for that because I have Sonos and like that's just not beatable right now in terms of the way it's set up. Uh, but if I could do a soundbar and the Sonos um, sub, but then my left and right back channel speakers are AirPod or HomePod 2s, I keep saying AirPods, um, then that would be interesting because then it makes it more useful on both ends. Um, but that will never happen, in my opinion, at least not right now. Well, maybe when, when we do actually get a dedicated HomePod soundbar type device, Apple TV HomePod that be, soundbar. That would be cool. Yeah, they need, to, they need to integrate that for sure. It should be a soundbar that has Apple TV built in. So it's, it's sending both video and audio. So you don't have to have you know another device plugged in and taking up things. I don't care if you have to add the price of the, the Apple TV to the price of the soundbar. Just give me one all-encompassing thing. So yeah, I think that would, I think that, I think that device is the key device that will really unlock the sort of home entertainment um, home device market for Apple, because the Apple TV alone isn't really compelling enough, um, I feel, and a lot of people still just don't use an Apple TV. A lot of people do use a device from Google or Amazon just because they're so much cheaper. And I know they've made the Apple TV cheaper in recent years, but if you could if you could sell a combined package and say this is the whole thing, this even has a camera to give you video calls. Um, it has the best possible speakers you could want, and it's cheaper than a soundbar when you add it all together. Um, I think that's exactly the sort of thing that Apple should be doing. I agree. If and then, as an actual TV, which they won't. No, um, but, but at least make the stuff for the TV. I'm okay if they don't want yeah. to make a TV. That's fine. I probably won't be able to afford that anyways. I can only... Well, although they're getting bigger in these displays. They're getting bigger. So maybe... maybe in Never like say never on that. There yeah. could be a mini, <laughs> uh, a micro LED um, yeah. Apple display. Real but quick. It's going to take a against... long time to scale up from Apple Watch Ultra to <laughs> you know, a 50-inch TV. Oh, just another 20 years is fine. Um, and then for HomeKit, give me one thing. You know, HomeKit got a pretty big redesign, so I don't foresee anything crazy happening. But what would be your one uh, wish? So this is a really simple wish, but I think that automations should be um, should allow for deeper conditional automations. So they're quite limited at the moment. You can say, do this at this time if someone is home. I want to be able to say, do this at this time if someone is home and the temperature is above this and the air quality is below this level, there is no way you can layer things like that, which is really, it's stupid to me because I, what if I want to turn a heater on at the same time every day, but only if someone is home and it's a certain temperature, I can't do that unless yeah. I do it with a shortcut, which means I have to have the device locally, um, which you don't always have. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, so that would be my, my one home kit wish for me i just want cameras to work consistently <laughs> like, yep that's a good one yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to open up the app and the camera works immediately and it's showing me a live feed and that's really it i don't want to have to say oh yeah hey um i'm looking at the feed and it was two weeks ago and it needs a minute to refresh or in some of the cases of other cameras that i've had it just never refreshed and i just don't know what happened um they need to be better about scroll through it's pretty bad as well yeah i was gonna say they need to be better about events and like being able to go and look at those clips uh it's ridiculous the way you do it now 
Um, then another thing they can borrow from Google because at least even then that's not perfect, but even then, um, or I use those Eufy cameras for uh, my house. Um, and I like that it's not a part of HomeKit apps, honestly, because it's so much easier to go in and find the events that happen. And they're just nice little tab where you can go through little thumbnails of clips and figure out, oh, yeah, hey, I see someone that was, you know, and the face detection and the AI that's used or could be used to be like, hey, we noticed this person is doing something that is on your house that you've never seen before. Like, you should check out this specific clip and raise the attention um, and be more aware like that would be cool because that's one of my biggest complaints about the Eufy cameras is that I get so many notifications and I know you can go in and set different parameters, but it's not contextually or like it's not aware enough to be able to like set those parameters to where I'm comfortable that I won't miss something important. And so if Apple could figure out a way to integrate that with HomeKit and the cameras and be able to be like, hey, something that normally doesn't happen is happening right now with someone we don't recognize here is that notification. And if I look at it and like hit a button to approve and say, hey, no, it's cool, you don't need to keep sending me notifications that it's happening. You can just ignore that and then be aware the next time, a couple hours later, something else happens, then you can send me that notification. But that's that's it. That's, that's what that's we got. That's a good suggestion. Yeah. All right, well, uh, that's kind of it. I mean, we spent more on that than I thought we would, honestly. There's, there is some stuff that could be had, but I just don't think it's happening this year. So this is more for the future, uh, unfortunately. Maybe we'll but get one. Just, just one little one of those. Maybe. Maybe we'll get one. Uh, yeah, so let us know in uh, the comments or um, I, I think some p- podcast platforms are like letting you leave like comments now uh, for things. I, I feel like I saw that somewhere. Maybe it was Spotify or something. Uh, but if you can, if there's a way to get back to us, go ahead and let us know. And, um, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Only two more weeks until a special episode. Just throwing that out there. Very special, but yeah. Catch you guys in the next episode.